Let's talk more NFL with Rick Flatford from Fox Sports. Joins us now. And he, of course, can be followed on Twitter at Fox underscore sports underscore ATL. Did you go to the Super Bowl the other day? I, I wasn't sure if you were there or not. I was not. I was offered a chance to be there if I would take back some words that I said uh, about the NFL and the kneeling issue, and uh, I chose not to do so. Um, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know how the politics work when you start getting up to the uh, top there. And uh, I'm I'm hopeful at some point I'll cover another Super Bowl, but I'm not kissing any panties to do it. Well, that means I'll never go. <laughs> hey, you rubbed off on me, Bullshake. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they're starting to do that, I'm in big trouble. Of course, the team I cover and follow and love will never probably go either. So what the hell? But still, um, uh, we'll see. All right, uh, we have we didn't speak to you last week. Uh, last week was your birthday, and you were out of town. We hope you had a great birthday. But we we want your thoughts on the press conference for Raheem Morris first and then also your thoughts if you're able to see the press conference that arthur blank had on friday your thoughts on those two things yeah i in general i i feel like the um press conference with raheem morris and terry fontenot were i mean it was good um but i i think what it lends itself to is raheem morris's uh, reluctance to be overly aggressive with statements for fear that he's going to upset somebody in the front office, meaning like Rich McKay. Although I have been told, uh, you know, Rich McKay obviously was a a part of his hiring. Um, He is not to be involved in that every day, but I think there's some kind of cloud here over Raheem Morris that he feels obligated uh, to Rich McKay. And uh, that's kind of the overriding uh, thought I have on the whole thing. I I think that his relationship with Terry Fontenot is, is good. It's growing. I think they have a lot of trust in each other. And I think for the first time, Terry Fontenot is starting to feel like he has the keys to the car. So, and, and regards to Arthur Blake, well, that's just more Arthur Blake. Uh, it's just disappointing. I, anytime you, you're involved in anything that Arthur Blake's involved in, you, you want to hear that one big pill, whatever that pill is we're looking for, and it never comes from Arthur Blake ever. Well, let's address this Rich McKay situation when they announced in the press release that they were hiring Raheem Morris they said that Rich McKay would not be involved in the day-to-day operations of the football program football team there was no resignation by Rich McKay with the NFL competition committee he is still the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons so I say this with all due respect, after listening to Arthur Blank's press conference last Friday night, they're all still full of crap, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And I, I do feel like if we go through a year like we've gone in the last few uh, with Richard McKay, I think you're going to see Terry Fontenot put his foot down and become a little more uh, vocal, uh, meaning even publicly. Uh, I, I think there's no doubt about that. Obviously, that'll usher him to the front door. But I don't know that that's a bad thing. If the Falcons can't get it together in the front office, and you're always playing the smoke and mirrors game because everybody's identified Rich McKay as a cancer. And I've said this on your show and every show I've ever been on, I like Rich McKay personally. It's been good to me over the years. But 
he's obviously a wet sponge when it comes, when it comes to being in the office and making decisions. It's, it's, it's not his, uh, it's not his strength. Let's just, let's call it that. We heard the word collaborative multiple times in the press conference with Raheem Morris. No question that if that was not the key word for this organization, Bill Belichick might be the head coach right now. I, I, I wish someone would have asked Arthur Blank, and unfortunately I was not invited to participate. With all due respect, Mr. Blank, while you continue to harp on collaboration, how has that worked for you in the last 11 years when you've had only two winning seasons? Isn't that a fair question? It absolutely is. And then, then off camera, so to speak, uh, the question was brought up, how many NFL teams are going to go on the collaborative route and how many are successful? And his answer was, that's what the Falcons are going to do. So to me, I took that to mean that, hey, um, yeah, it hasn't worked anywhere else, but we're going to do it regardless. That's what I took it to mean. Well, it's amazing to me. And, and, you know, when I was listening to the Raheem Morris press conference and I was impressed with Raheem Morris, I, I thought overall you, you couldn't complain too much at all about what Raheem Morris said. He he wants to be an Atlanta Falcons head coach. He wants to he, he wants to take that next step in his career and be successful after not being successful as a head coach. He did mention that this is the third time that Rich McKay has hired him. And Rich McKay was off to the right, sitting with the family of Raheem Morris and others, evidently during the press conference. So, you know, the and and again, I, I repeat this for the 50th time in the last two weeks. If I could believe that Rich McKay will leave Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris alone, I'm good with everything. But I don't know if I can trust that. Yeah, and uh... – I think you're, you know, you're you're making some solid points here. But I, like I said, I do feel like Terry Fontenot's gonna not going to put up with this much longer. Uh, you know, with his hands being tied, and he's he's really kind of the the whipping boy, if you will, only publicly, just because he's taken so much heat over things that have happened the last few years. Which, by the way, he's had very little control over. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to fight for his spot in this, and I do feel like. Uh, well, I know this for a fact. Uh, when Raheem Morris said that, and then later in the day, uh, I think he wished he would have taken that back. He wished he would not have said that. And even on his end, even though uh, Rich McKay was not the final decision maker, he was a part of the process. And regardless of how anybody feels about that, that still kind of leaves the hangover there that, oh my gosh, she's still got some influence in this. And uh, I, I just feel like this year, no matter what we've gone through in the last four, five, six years, whatever, um, we're going to see things start to pan out different. And that could be the, the you know, Terry Fontenot saying, hey, this place is a mess. Get me out of here. And when he says that publicly, then everybody, that's confirmation to all of us that we were right all along, in my mind. Rick Flatford, our guest, talking about the Atlanta Falcons and, of course, their inclusion of the phrase and the revelation that Rich McKay was no longer going to be doing day-to-day operations with the football team and instead is going to go to soccer was an admission that there was a problem in the first place, correct? Absolutely, and a lot of people felt that way too, including all the folks at Flowery Branch were, you know, quietly shaking their head like, yeah, he's he is a part of the problem, and soccer takes care of itself, what a great place for him to go and not mess it up. 
that's the way they feel about it. The fact that they can keep him out of the building and keep him from prying, uh, which I, you know, I got to confess here too, you know, with my relationship over the rich, the, the last couple of years, maybe I've been wrong a few times about him, maybe more than a few times, uh, just based on what he's told me as, you know, an individual private conversation. That's totally the opposite of what's being said at Flowery Branch. But I think a lot of people feel like it's time. And I think that uh, even some of the, uh, you know, front office people that nobody know about, nobody knows about, were involved in that saying, hey, he's part of the problem. He's absolutely part of the problem. It's almost like he's the parachute guy. There's a problem. He, you know, he flies in the seagull management. You know, you fly in poop all over everything and then you fly back out. Uh, that that would that's how it was described to me that Rich McKay has been involved over the last several years for the Falcons. Well, maybe at the least with Terry Fontenot having the direct line with Arthur Blank, which <laughs> Terry Fontenot may regret having if if he's had to you know deal with the the regular calls and the questions that are you know maybe maybe that will be better. We just we just have to wait and see because they're. He ain't selling the team anytime soon, so we can't worry about that. And therefore, you have to just hope that he picks the right people and that they are able to do what they want to do and and do it well. So, um, any ideas or not ideas? Any thoughts on who Raheem Morris has hired as his assistant coaches? Any 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 thoughts from you on those selections? Yeah, I think that Zach Robinson hire as the offensive coordinator. Uh, most people around the league seem to think that that's a that's a really good hire. On the other hand, the folks at Fox, uh, Howie Long and Jimmy Johnson, I've talked to those guys, Steve Mariucci, Jimmy Lake, that's puzzling to them. Uh, they just can't quite figure that out. And there, you know, a lot of that could be a segue to actually Raheem Moore staying involved on that defensive side of football, which is really what his forte was originally anyway. So it could be that he's that puppet guy for him. And if that's the case and it works, then nobody's going to complain. I think Jimmy Lake, is one of those guys, at least the way it's described to me, and I don't know him personally. Um, obviously, his his uh, past kind of leads you to believe that, wow, how'd he get this far unless somebody's helping him because there's not a huge amount of success there uh, and a pretty decent sample size to go by, too. So I do think that's that's part of what's going on there. Um, I, you know, you, you kind of talked about Raheem Morse there briefly and, you know, wanting to be the Falcons coach. I, I do believe that uh, if they leave him alone and give him the support that he needs and the right players, that's always been an issue though, right here. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Raheem Morris will be successful, wants to be successful here, wants to be an Atlanta Falcon head coach. And, you know, we'll see how this plays out going forward. But I think if it is ultimately Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot that report to Arthur Blake without Rich McKay involved, I think we're going to see some things uh, get moved out of the way. I mean, some of those hurdles uh-huh. uh, where they – where you kind of feel like they've been held back in the past. I don't think that's going to be an issue here. And Terry Fontenot's uh, reputation around the league is is phenomenal, um, you know, in his ability to identify talent. Uh, and a lot of people would say that. As a matter of fact, most won't say a bad word about Terry Fontenot. So it's going to be exciting if it does work out that way, where he is kind of the final say-so on this thing. Uh, and ultimately – you know, at least if you, uh, you know, if you make the pudding and the pudding's bad and you get fired, it's on you. Well, the one thing that Arthur Blank was not asked the other day, uh, among other things, I guess, not the one thing. One thing that he was not asked was 
does Terry Fontenot have the final say? Now, I'm sure if he had been asked that, there would have been the same road taken about collaboration. But at some point, Terry Fontenot deserves the chance to pick these players, doesn't he? I mean, what would be wrong with simply saying, hey, there's going to be collaboration. We're going to talk about this. Raheem Morris is going to have a lot of, of saying what goes on. But at the end of the day, Terry's the guy who's got to pick the players. You would think that that accountability would be wanted by blank because then if this doesn't work out, well, he'll, he'll know who the hell to blame. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, you hit on Raheem Morris and his input. Raheem Morris is absolutely fine with not having a lot of input on that roster. He wants to stay focused on being the head coach and responsible for what the product looks like on the field. But I do think the more time they spend together, uh, I think he and Terry Fontenot are building, you know, some real chemistry and a belief in each other. And I'm excited about that. And, you know, I, like I said earlier, if, if things start to go sideways, I think you're going to see Terry Fontenot publicly start saying, hey, look, this is baloney. It doesn't work. And as long as this other guy is involved, um, then I don't want to be here. Uh, because it's, you know, you throw somebody out there when, you know, it's time to catch the bullets and, and then you quietly stay in the background and you're the one, you know, calling all the shots. And that's not really fair to anyone. So I do think that we're going to see Terry Fontenot take a step forward. I, he's excited about it. He's told me personally he's excited about it. Uh, so that leads me to believe that there has been some talk about, hey, okay, Rich, yeah, maybe you're involved if Terry con- Terry calls you and, and wants some of your input. But I'm also under the impression uh, that Terry Fontenot has no desire to talk to Rich McKay about uh, identifying talent, uh, signing the right people. Uh, I, I think his it's, – it's not to say that Terry Fontenot is really arrogant by any stretch, but I think he's identified himself as a better talent evaluator than Rich McKay. No, I, I think, won't take much. Right. I, I knew you were going to say that, Bill. Yeah. And. And I think not only you and myself, but many, many people agree with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's really, I hate to keep on bringing it up, but it's, it's a problem. And, and, and yeah. you know, if, if, he, if he had resigned from the committee, from the, the um, what do you call it, committee, the, the rules, rules committee, committee. if yeah. he had resigned from, from that and not been even on the list of people involved in the Atlanta Falcons, then I would have bought it. But when all this hadn't happened, and and he's not going to resign from that. He's been on that committee for 30 years. It is a powerful committee. But if you say that someone's not going to be involved in the day-to-day operations of your football team and he's still on that committee, then you're contradicting yourself. And, again, I don't like people talking down to the fans by trying to sell them a bunch of BS. We're smarter than that, you know, and, and that that's extremely cocky to me. For ownership, it's like part of the reason I can't stand Rich McKay is because when he and Thomas Dimitrov try to sell us a bill of goods about there not being a, a salary cap problem, it's like, do you think we're Helen Keller and we can't <laughs> see the damn websites with the numbers that show you're in salary cap hell and cost you two seasons of crappy ass football, and yet they tried to sell this bill of goods to us that they were not in salary cap hell i have no respect for that zero respect for that whatsoever and so you know that that's my problem but i certainly am pulling for raheem morris and terry Fontenot to be able to do their job now rick before we let you go i know we've talked with you in the past about justin fields it's already started to kick up a little bit about okay 
sounds like the Bulls prefer to keep the pick at number one or at the least trade down a spot or two, but to get who they want, one of those three quarterbacks and the Justin Fields to Atlanta and Pittsburgh and other places are going to start kicking up here. Uh, any, any feedback from anyone on the likelihood of that being the road they take? Yes. And, and by the way, too, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I'm going to say this, whether I'm supposed to or not, Desmond Ritter has been told flat out, he will not be the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year. So that, that lends itself to, yeah, there's got to be some movement here. And, and I do think Justin Fields is the guy they would like to have. Here, here's the, the kicker on the whole thing. Supposedly, they're only willing to give up one pick for Justin Fields, and that's, that is a first-round draft pick, but they're not willing to do the extras. And some of the other teams that are involved, Pittsburgh and, and, and so forth, they're willing to do a little more than that. Um, I, do, I have talked to Justin Fields' dad, and Justin uh, himself is – really worn out in Chicago and would rather not be in Chicago. And if all else fails, would, would love the opportunity to be in his hometown, especially with a really good head coach who believes in what's going on and versus the, you know, being handicapped with what's going on up there in Chicago. And I, I know in the very beginning when they chose Kyle Pitts and, you know, we had all these conversations, uh, never take a tight end that high unless it's Brock, Brock Bowers. Now, granted, that's the George part of me. Mm. Um, but but I understand that. But I, I do think Justin Fields would love the, the opportunity to come here. And I think he has improved, too. And I don't think he would be a bad signing. But I, I can't see them giving up multiple first-round picks for him. But they can't give up number eight for him. There's no way. He's not worth that, right? Well, and I would agree. So So what I was told is, not this year's first-round pick, but maybe next year's first-round no, pick. No, that's stupid. And, That'd and, be awful. Oh, yeah, well, and it could be even worse than what it is right now, right? I mean, depending on how next season, this next football season plays out. Yeah. Um, but I think the Falcons would be more interested in, like, a, you know, two seconds and a third or something like that. Um, those first-round picks, you know, you got to be able to hit on those. And let's face it, the Falcons have not done that in the past. Uh, for the most part, I, you know, obviously there are some things that have happened. And again, too, I talked a couple weeks ago, and I think it was your show, uh, about Kyle Pitts quietly wanting to be traded. That's still out there. Uh, and I was told Raheem Morris is talking to him and telling him, look, you're going to be a huge part of what we're doing. Let's we'll trade him for Justin Fields. How about that? Well, yeah, and and that's an option, too. Uh, supposedly there, there are several scenarios. I'm anxious to see how that goes. i got a really good source, and – you know, they've been right in the past, as you know, and uh, I'm kind of anxious to see how it plays out because I think they've got a real hand on what's going on with the, the pulse of the Falcons and their choice, uh, decision-making choice. Trade Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields and then draft Brock Bowers, and God knows everybody in this state would have a – they'd be happy. Guaranteed sellout. Yeah, they would go back to selling tickets versus giving yeah. them away free. Buy one, yeah. get 20 free. It would actually be you would have a season ticket holders one well, exactly. to be here. And boy, what would it look like with Brock Bowers on the field oh on the field God. in Atlanta? Holy smokes! You know what a phenomenal person too. I'd rather More give up. Football. I'd rather give up Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields, and then draft Brock Bowers at number eight, and then draft a Michael Penix in the second round and have like a a. You know, a, a a Justin Fields slash development quarterback, and let Zach Robinson develop one of them. Say, hell, can't you figure out one of these guys can be the guy here moving forward? And 
yeah, I'm, I'm you know, so I, I'm anxious to see how this goes. There's no question. Rick, great stuff. Thank you very much for your insight. We appreciate it. By the way, we're getting ready to have a question. Now, Jeff Dancer earlier today asked who is your favorites because, you know, who do you love? Who Who's the sports athlete you love? So I'm going to. I'm going to ask the question in contrast, who do you love to hate? And, of course, you can tell your boy Drew Brees he was first on my list. <laughs> well, why am I not surprised? But my, my one to hate, though, by the way, is the Peyton Manning. And I, I think you and I talked about the side story about that that happened several years ago. He has this great image around the NFL, but he's obviously a very uh, very selfish person, self-centered, and I was really unimpressed. And I was—I grew up in Indiana. I was a Peyton Manning fan until I had the interview with him, and that was really disappointing. Well, he came so. from Archie's loins, and you know who Archie <laughs> played for? Yes, I do. And by the way, I, I just want to tell your listeners, you and I were on the sidelines approaching the Manning clan as they're, <laughs> they're uh, doing their TV thing for the SEC championship game. And you looked at me and said, I'm not going over there. I don't care what you say. I don't care what he's going to say to me. I don't care nothing about the Manning clan. So I'm going to give you kudos for that, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't want to be around him. You know, have to act like Archie was some royalty and he was the royal family of football. The hell with that. Yeah, the Mannings, uh, they're they're the ones. Nobody has to ask me that question. They know full well the Mannings. Archie, Olivia, Arch, uh, Cooper. Eli, Peyton, their wives, their children, their dogs, every damn one of them. This is hey, first on my list. By the way, by the way, real quick, I know you need to go, but uh, will you be going to Texas next year so we can we can uh, oh yeah the dogs beat up on those guys? And uh, yeah, it's not going to be fun. Oh my god! Oh, it's going to be unbelievable, and I want to make sure I see Arch holding a clipboard. It's important to me. <laughs> I know it is. I'm sure I will be with you when we take that picture. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't wait to go there in the fair and everywhere else there in Austin. All right, Rick, great stuff. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Thanks.